Nau mai hoki mai ki te roki roki o te awa o pāwaho Kia ora, welcome back to the podcast of the River o Pawaho. This is the final sermon in a series that we did on the Sermon on the Plain which we find in Luke chapter 6 where we talk about what it means to build your house upon a rock. We pray that God would speak to you as you listen to the teaching today. Today we are in Luke chapter 6. It's our final landing in this passage. We've basically got three verses, and I've entitled it Jesus and Our KPIs. Does anybody have an allergic reaction to KPI? (laughs) Key performance indicators. Can I just say from the start, I did that on purpose? Because so often we read scripture like this, and we take it as a performance indicator of how we are doing, and Jesus never spoke like that. And so... What I'd love for us to rest into today is recognizing there's a way we read this that turns into a performance review, and there's a way we read this that Jesus intended. And so let's go. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. This is how we turn it into a KPI because the word practice is in there. And so our temptation is to go, okay, how will I do the words of Jesus really good so that Jesus loves me? That's not what she's saying. Um, So let's go on to say, though, when you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. There's a way to stand firm Because the torrents, the rains, the wind, the storms, that's part of life. And there's a way to stand firm. And this is an incredibly graphic image that Jesus has given us. And he says, it's in listening to the words and doing them. A house built on the rock of his teachings won't be moved. A house built on the sand will not survive the storm. Jesus was explicit The way to build your life is to hear my words and put them into practice. And I tell you that when you take this Luke passage that we've done and the weeks that we've done, it's super easy to want to turn them into a star chart for adults. Did anybody love a good star chart? I'm like a bit of an achiever. So I'm like, if I say I'm going to do something and then each day you can see a tick, it's like, yes. There's some people who are not wired like that. That's okay. Jesus has clearly worked in your life more than mine. But this can become the adult equivalent of a sticker chart. Pray blessing on your enemies. 
respond with generosity, forgive instead of judging, be merciful, take the giant comic log out of your eye, be merciful, love the sinner, hate your own sin. All of these things that we've talked about in the last few weeks can become a sense of practices that we achieve so that Jesus loves us. That is building your house on sand. If these practices become something we do so that Jesus loves us, we've missed the point. And so I started like, yes, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Lord is a ruler by hereditary right or a preeminence to whom service and obedience are due. This pushes all my buttons of doing the right things because Jesus is Lord and therefore I do the right things. But if you keep reading the passage, Jesus says, the wise one dug deep and laid their foundation on the rock. And when we look into scripture, there is this theme that emerges about the rock that is absolutely opposite to a KPI reading of this passage. And so what I want to do today is just take us through a scriptural kind of amble of some rock metaphors that are found there. And if you've got some summer holidays planned, if you stand on a piece of rock, my hope is that you will remember this and what Jesus is inviting us into. So, you are my Father, my God, the rock, my Saviour. I didn't put a picture of Dwayne Johnson, but I know some of you are thinking that, so let's just get that out of the way. The first thing is that the foundation is laid on the rock. Who is the rock? My God, my Father. The rock my life is built on. This is not about KPIs. This is about the rock. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Who is pursuing to live their life right and to love Jesus with it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, then this is talking to you. You who want to live your life right and want to seek the Lord Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. You are little rock. He is big rock. Our practices, our living, our life flow is founded on relationship with the rock. Pursuit of righteousness, of faithful practice, is actually about knowing whose we are. Whose am I? I am little rock. God is big rock. God is my foundation. And what does that mean? My secure identity in who is God besides the Lord? Who is the rock beside our God? That creates the security of whose I am. And when my security is found in God, that then leads to a congruent life. You find the reverse sense of this in Deuteronomy. When it talks about you who deserted the rock who fathered you and forgot the God who gave you birth. There's this thing that happens when we forget whose we are. Because our identity, our life source, our invitation is to know 
that we are children, that we are co-heirs with Christ, and that we are beloved. This is the foundation on which we can build a life that withstands storms and rains and torrents and wind. This is what Jesus is saying. Our listening and putting into practice is about connecting with our rock, our Father. To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. This is the acknowledging of one of our core needs in identity is to be listened to and to be seen. Who are we seen by? Our God, our rock, our Father, our source. And then knowing God like that leads us to this place of being able to say, be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. When we know God as our source, then that opens up the ability to know God as our refuge, our salvation, our security, regardless of wind and storm. If you've been around here for a while, you know that the waiting house has been quite storm hit lately. The last couple of years have been a torrent, have been a flood, have been a storm, have been an earthquake, have been a fire, have been like all of the things that it could be. So when I read this passage today, what Jesus worked in my heart, which I'm hoping is starting to seep into yours, is that when you are in a place of storm, <laughs> KPI practices don't really cut it. When you are in a place of storm, the only thing you can do is cry to the rock of refuge who will give the command to save you, who will set a table in the middle of your trouble and be found by you. It's the only thing that holds you. I don't know how people do life without Jesus. I really don't. In this rock, we find provision. He nourished him with honey from the rock and with oil from the flinty crag. Do you know when you start to look at who is the rock, you start to find who God is? Pretty cool. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. This is the promise of who God is. When we start to know that we are loved and liked, not because of what we do, but because of whose we are, there is a kind of life that flows out of that. Did you hear that? Some of us need to hear it again because it's not our normal world's way of being. When we know that we are loved and liked, not because of what we do, but because of whose we are, there is a freedom and life that flows out of that. And that's what we're invited to. You're invited to have a life that withstands a storm because you know the rock. And this rock is perfect and faithful and just. This rock is the model of our practice. We talk about toha kai because it's a just practice. God is just. And that's what your life flows out of. Out of the security of identity of who God is and whose you are, we then learn to be like God and to live a life flowing 
like that. Out of this relationship which we are called to stand on, we become trained to live a life. This one brought back an 80s song for me. It's God who trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. It's God who trains. Aren't you glad that we sing different songs? But there's something about as you stand on the rock and you find your identity in that and that's your core practice, then the life that is congruent flows from it. We're trained in this way. And our praise becomes the overflow of our life. The psalmists describe it like, the Lord lives, praise be to my rock, exalted be God my saviour. It's really just saying God is good. I have security in whose I am and that enables me to live a life of generosity and mercy and forgiveness of enemies. And it gives me a place to come when those things don't come naturally. It gives me a source to connect to that is bigger than I. I come to the rock who is bigger than I. If there's a KPI in Jesus' words to us today, it's to know the rock. To lean into the rock. To know that you're loved by the rock. The wise one built their house upon the rock and it did not fall down. Once again, an 80s song rises within me. The rains came down and the winds came up. The rains came down and the storms came up. The rain came down and the storms came up and the house did not fall down. Big rock, little rock is something I've been leaning into for a while and I'd like to share with you my rock collection. Actual, I carry rocks around in my pocket. It's really bad if you do the washing without checking. This rock, I don't know if you can see it, I hope you can. It's like just a brown, ugly, turd-like looking rock. This rock reminds me of my identity in Christ because when you cut it open... It's purple and, and shiny and glittery and all things magpie. And so I carry this rock around in my pocket because I go, when I am connected to the big rock, beautiful things are made in me. When I am connected and I hold this rock as I'm going through my day, I remind myself It's only in leaning into who God is that anything beautiful comes out of me. And so I walk around with this rock when I need to be reminded of my identity in Christ. That's one rock I carry around some days. Oh, this is a new rock. This one's really fun. It's like peach with a little bit of sandstone brown in it. Doesn't look like much until you get it wet. And then what emerges is this incredibly beautiful scene of an ocean with a rock in it and a pink sunset. Now, I know that I might have had a lot of cheese before I saw that, but this rock reminds me 
at the moment, I carry this rock crown when I go, the vision that God has put in my heart, I can't really see. But I know that if I hold on to the rock and I trust and I stay in the pattern of what he's calling me to, then at some point, the water of the Holy Spirit is going to make this vision visible. This is my reminder rock when things don't seem to be going as I think they should. Lean into the rock and the vision will come. Another rock I carry around in my pocket. (laughs) This rock is very boring. And it's shaped actually in the perfect shape of my hand. Do you know what this rock is? This is the shut up Amy rock. So when I'm in meetings or talking with people, this is the rock I hold that goes, be quiet, Amy. Listen more than you speak. Be slow to listen, slow to anger, quick to love. This is my be quiet, Amy rock. (laughs) I think some of you wish that I held this more often. Final rock I'll share with you. My name's Amy. That's the name my parents gave me. I think it's also the name that Jesus gave me because he knew that I'd have trouble remembering what it meant. Because in French, Amy means beloved. The thing that I find hardest to remember in all of the world is that I'm loved and liked for whose I am, not what I do. And so this rock, this is so not me, My daughter bought this for me at a market. It's a purple love heart shaped rock. When I look at it, it makes me vomit in my mouth. (laughs) But I carry this rock around with me and I hold this rock because it says, Amy, you are loved and you are mine and nothing you can do can make me love you more. And nothing that you've done could make me close the door. Because of his great love, he gave his only son. I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. I don't carry this rock around enough. When these rocks are in my pocket, it helps remind me of who I am and whose I am. And when I know whose I am, my life flows out of that more beautifully. The storms of our life, the wind of our life, the constantness of it, the speed of it, the worry of it, it's deeply wearying. And you can either be one of the runaround headless chickens, or you can plant your feet on the rock. You can know the stillness in the middle of the storm. You can know that you are loved and liked, not because of what you do, because of who you are. You can become an island of stillness in a sea of worry. When we lean into the rock, we become a place of refuge for others. And that's the invitation.
And so that concludes our series on the Sermon on the Plain. Like we always say at the River Orpawaho, you are liked, you are loved, you are broken, you are forgiven, and you are entrusted with the kingdom. If you want to hear more from our little community, then follow along to this podcast, click subscribe. But until next time, Te Aroha Noa, Mete Rangi Marie, Kiakwe, Grace.